a long time ago on a podcast far, far away. Star Wars with Aaron and Polly, Episode 2, Toil and Trouble. A time of anticipation grips the galaxy as the impending arrival of the Ahsoka series sends ripples of excitement through the hearts of fans. A beloved hero, Ahsoka Tano, emerges from the shadows to claim her rightful place in the Star Wars saga. Her legacy burns bright, igniting the hopes of those who have followed her journey from Padawan to Rebel Champion. Yet, as the stars align, there is a tremor in the Force, a fear that shadows the thrill of what's to come. For not long ago, the galaxy bore witness to the dismal Book of Boba Fett, leaving some to wonder, will this suck too? This is Paul. This is Wayne. And I am Andrew. Welcome, guys. Welcome back to Star Wars with Aaron and Polly. And I am so excited that we've finally made it to Ahsoka, episodes one and two. Woo! Yeah. Woo! Very exciting. I mean, the point of this podcast now exists. <laughs> I always we are now like, relevant. I always we do have like a when point. they released the two episodes at the same time. First two episodes on the same time. I do enjoy when they do that. Yeah, well, too. you know, I, we'll talk a little bit about this when we get into to the episodes. I had some concerns about what them releasing two episodes meant, mm-hmm. you know, because, you know, a lot of times when they release two episodes, it's because eh, nothing really happens in the first episode. Yes, but yeah. I think we can uh, a little spe- teaser, speezer. Uh-huh. That's that's a spoiler slash teaser. Oh, it's a speezer <laughs> for later. <laughs> But, um, you know, obviously with the SAG and I don't know, what's the the Writers Guild, WGA, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, strikes going on. There's not a ton of Star Wars news. I mean, there's toys and stuff that they've announced. Right. But there, there's a couple of things that came out this week before we talk about Ahsoka episodes one and two, um, including the exciting news. At least I found it exciting. Were you excited, Paul? I, I'm excited right now. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, that the Mandalorian will be releasing its first two seasons on 4K and Blu-ray on December 12th. Now, I know that may not seem like a big deal, given they're readily available on Disney Plus, but their release on Blu-ray tells me that that may not always be the case. <laughs> <laughs> and given what just happened with the Willow TV series and what's happening in the world of HBO Max and all that stuff, I'm actually very glad to have a physical uh, copy of yeah. Mandalorian coming my way, and I will absolutely be purchasing these. Yeah, I, I did the Willow TV show, other than it not being very good. Well, it's it's now not on Disney Plus at all. It's not available anywhere. Yep. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, and I never finished it because it neither bad. did I. It's it's, it's not it's not worth finishing. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> I strong agree. And I'm a huge, as you guys know, I'm a huge fan of the original Willow, and it is Maybe. it is not worth finishing, guys. That's a bummer. Yeah. But it's not even worth finishing, like not even just to get the full story. 
Well, they don't finish the story. It's they don't like wrap it up. It's set up for the second season. So if it was a full story, maybe. But no, just to get to this point where then you don't know what's going to happen next, I'd say it's not worth it. I I would say it not being out there anymore is a pretty good sign. There's not going to be a second season. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Well, I mean, then you see this a lot. You're seeing it on HBO Max shows. The you know they're they're dropping shows left and right, and and Disney Plus has dropped more than just Willow. That's just like the relevant one. True. Um, and so I don't think they're going to drop Mando, obviously, but someday. Well, I don't think they're going to shove, you know, they I, may just license it out. I truly don't believe that they'll drop any of their, their Star Wars stuff. But what I think was is likely going to happen for me is that they're going to wind up pricing themselves out of regular streaming. Yeah. And so, you know, the having that physical media means you can watch it whenever you want to watch it versus you know, having, having to subscribe, you know, well, we, we, because Disney is increasing their prices. I don't right. know if we talked about it on this podcast or a different podcast, but Hulu is going to be seventeen ninety nine. That's nuts. That's and I don't watch, nuts. I do yeah. not watch near enough stuff on Hulu to, to, to warrant that expense. I am yeah. not allowed to get rid of Hulu because that's where Will and Grace is and Wings <laughs> is because Jen likes all those TV shows. So that, that is required to keep. I wouldn't pay for Hulu to begin with. I just get it with my uh, phone thing. Oh, that's my phone contract. Otherwise, I wouldn't have Hulu. Although there are some things on there I really enjoy, but... $17.99, that's crazy talk. That is crazy. If if five subscription services were the same cost, you might as well just get cable. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Disney's also known for the whole Disney vault thing where they take stuff out of circulation for a while Mm -hmm. and then bring it back. So I I wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if they start to introduce this into the streaming world, too, where they take stuff down for a couple of years and then bring it back to promote sales of their uh, uh, physical media. Well, and they also did weird things like uh, they had rules around rental places. Like when a rental place would go out of business, like when all the blockbusters did. Yeah. One of the things I thought would be good was uh, picking up a bunch of those, you know, for my wife, a lot of the DVDs and such. And they didn't, you, they couldn't sell them. Or if they did, they'd have to sell even the used ones at full price. Mm-hmm. They didn't mm. allow them to sell them at anything cheaper because Disney had rules around what you could do with their media, even when it was... A rental place that bought the physical discs. Yeah. Wow. And I think there, I will say there's less of a concern. Now, first of all, these are beautiful looking Blu-ray steelbooks. So they're, I was, they're for me, I must purchase. You are a, a sucker for steelbooks. I so am I, actually. For steelbooks. <laughs> I love like, steelbooks. Like, I have purchased all the Marvel movies on steelbook just to have oh. them steal. Well, I shouldn't say that. I still don't own, like, the most recent crappy ones, but that's besides the point. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think I'm less concerned about the the stuff made for Disney+, Plus, leaving Disney+, Plus in the near future, mm-hmm. as I am some of the older content, like your Clone Wars TV series. Holiday some of the special. <laughs> the holiday special. <laughs> I mean, Willow was made for Disney+. Plus. Yeah, fair point. Fair point. So, I don't know. I For me, it's a, it's a, it's a nice safety net. To have those, to have that content available in physical media, yeah. because you know some of these shows that are just you know, that that are harder to find, um, you know, they just get dropped or they get moved to a streaming service that you don't have. So I'm, I really I'm get it, and I I felt that way for a long time. But for me, I'm done with physical media. I will, I do not buy Blu-rays, DVDs, anything like that anymore. And I've gotten rid of most of the ones I have keeping only ones that I know I can't get on streaming because if it's a physical disc on the shelf, 
it might as well not exist because that's never going to get put in and never going to get watched. I tell you I, what, uh, I I, uh, I recently had a uh, days long internet outage, and mm-hmm. let me tell you how thankful I was for physical media. Yeah, uh, I had like I, a, a night long internet outage, and let me tell I, you what we did. Mm-hmm. I, I went upstairs, I picked some DVDs, and we uh-huh. watched Sylvester Stallone's Over the Top. Oh Lord! <laughs> That's the arm wrestling movie, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> but you know, it's 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 nights like those. I mean, if your internet goes out, it is nice to have that as a backup. Well, I would nice have to search for controllers for my PlayStation and figure out if they're charged or not because. It hasn't been on in a couple of years, and that's the only player I've got. I, I, I feel you, Wayne. I mean, I, too, am the lazy guy and would much rather stream than have to, you know, swap discs out of my uh, out of my player. But I do think we are I think there's going to be a resetting in in streaming services after the strike. Uh, yeah. Because the the writers and the actors are going to demand more money, and that's not coming out of the pockets of executives. They will pass those increases down to us, and I think what we'll all find ourselves doing is going, well, okay, I've got you know X number of uh, streaming services now with the increase in price. It's probably only appropriate for me to have Y number, Y being a lesser number than X. Yeah. And yeah. that being said, what are those key properties? on the services that you're unsubscribing from that you want to watch. I mean, like for me, if I was to, to jump out of Paramount plus, I would need all of those, all that Star Trek. Right. Um, I think, I think that's, I think you're going to see a resurgence and I don't know how brief it will be, but I think you'll see a resurgence in physical media. And what I see are the, uh, uh, studios are kind of doubling down on physical media right now because i think they see it on, on the handwriting on the wall as well mm-hmm. and they're putting higher quality uh productions out there on they're they're, they're doing more prestigious releases uh, in physical media well see, on top my of that preference it's a, it's would a, be, my sorry, preference sorry. would be digital that you can purchase and that you actually own and have like comicsology. Uh, no like uh, <laughs> there is like when you get the code for the digital version uh-huh. with a uh, dvd and you put that in, there's a service out there that lets you combine all the ones you own from all the different yeah, services. movies anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. I yes. want more stuff that I can put on there instead of having a physical copy. It still yeah. only works until music, you know, something like movies everywhere goes under or goes out of business. And then you're like, eh. you know, as long as you have a downloaded copy, you have it. But once that downloaded copy, you know, can't be transferred to another uh, device or anything and you can't right. re-download it again. Again, in my case, if it's a physical copy, I might as well not have it because it will never get watched. Yeah. Never is a strong word. Not on physical media. Not for I me. Just, it's not. All right. We'll see what happens. We'll yeah, see what like happens. I said, I'm 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 mostly with you, Wayne. I like having it as a backup, but yeah, you know, and, and that's for me. That's that's the main crux of it. I like having it as a backup. So and you like I, the steel I, cases on the shelf. Yeah, and I like steel books. So yeah. so th- this yeah. is a much purchase for me. Uh, pre-orders start August 28th, which I guess is uh, two days from this recording, um, or maybe what or or today if you're listening to this on the first day of release, um, and. Uh, Come, they come out December 12th, just in time for Christmas. Uh, and, and so it's not exciting. the only two shows that Disney's releasing on Blu-ray. They are also releasing the first season of Loki and WandaVision that same day. Ooh, WandaVision. That'd be good. Yeah. 
actually uh, Loki comes out in September 26th, I guess just in time for the second season and WandaVision will drop on November 28th. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. So, like I said, not a lot of news. However, you know, some direct directors can still talk, right? Um, yes. <laughs> about proper about stuff. And so Taika Watiti has been um, in the news lately, and he has been talking a lot about Thor Five. It's, it's it sounds an awful lot like he has plans for Thor Five. Like they're still going to keep him on um, past, you know, even though love the Thor Four was not well received. Uh, it was well received by me. They, but yeah. but not by the box office or by me. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess en- enough people and there was enough money that it you know, that it's you know he's still they're talking Thor five, which for me you know is is adjacent to this podcast because Taika Waititi was you know they they announced he, that he was doing a Star Wars movie a few years back at this point, and there has been no news of it since. Um, no mention of it. In fact, at last Star Wars celebration, they talked about three new movies, um, including one by Dave Filoni and the one starring Ray, and then the one by um, the, the director of Logan that was going to be set in like the old Republic kind of days. But no mention of the Taika Waititi movie. And I've got to imagine that's because that movie is dead. Yeah, well, I think they've, they've scrubbed several projects. Yeah. Uh, you know, given that their, their concern about uh, how the Star Wars franchise is performing overall. Well, it sounds like they signed him up for a movie, but in the mm-hmm. interviews I read with him, he didn't really have an idea yet. So it's like, hey, we want you to do a Star Wars movie. And he's like, all right. And then they announced it. And uh, but there was no actual plan or story broken for it. And then maybe it's just one of those nuts that he was not able to crack. But he had an yeah. idea for Thor five. I you guys- really hope they're taking lessons from Marvel and the fact that they've kind of saturated the market with Marvel. Yeah, it feels like they are. I mean, it feels like I mean, for Star Wars, they there's not constant entertainment out there. In fact, I think it's this, you know, I think it's Ahsoka and then there's nothing until um, and or. Yeah, well, I, I really enjoy Taiko Taiki Waititi. I can't pronounce his name. But did you see Jojo Rabbit? His, I have uh, not Jojo Rabbit. No, my, I want to. It looked good. My God, that film is marvelous. Uh, it, you know, it is uh, irreverent. It is funny, and it is deeply poignant about, uh, you know, how people are driven to do terrible things. I, I just, I, I absolutely love that movie. It is uh, World War II seen through the eyes of of a young Nazi, and uh, you know, a little Nazi boy. <laughs> <laughs> and it is it is remarkably heartfelt. I I, I cannot recommend it enough. I mean, he's a, he's a marvelous director. Well, um, I I am I I suspect that there is going to be some Star Wars news out of GalaxyCon in Austin next weekend on Labor Day weekend. Uh, That's what one of the panels suggests. Apparently there's going to be an animation announcement. Hmm. 
So I uh, I'm I'm curious about that because you know the 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 actors in animation are not under the WG, WGA contract or uh, SAG after contract they're on a whole different thing, and so they're not on strike and they can promote, hmm. and so they're gonna ha- they're going to have uh, voice talent on the stage and talking about the next big thing for Star Wars. So that's what it looks like. Okay, I, I, I'm very curious. Maybe it's a Tales of the Jedi or a Bad Batch season or something like that. Who knows? Who knows? But, the shadow. Uh, the shadow knows. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, since this is the uh, the the really the crux of the core, I should say, of uh, uh, of this podcast is you know we're, we're here to talk about Ahsoka. But before we we talk about Ahsoka, we thought we would uh, share with you our Star Wars street cred, you know, talk about, uh, you know, when we first encountered Star Wars, how we encountered it, that kind of thing. So, Wayne, how'd you first encounter Star Wars? I came to it a little bit later in that I didn't watch the original trilogy till high school. Uh, A friend loaned me his VHS copies, and that's when I watched it. Because growing up, we were a Star Trek house. Mm -hmm. So that was when I kind of branched out and uh, discovered Star Wars and Really enjoyed it. Uh, then the prequels came out, and they were the first ones I saw in theaters. Uh, from there, though, where I really started getting into Star Wars as more than just a movie series was Rebels. Rebels pulled me in in a way that previous Star Wars hadn't yet. And then I wanted to know more about the universe. I played a bunch of the games. I've got so many Lego Star Wars kits around me right now. Uh, You know, finally did Heir to the Empire. But it all started with Rebels. And that's why I'm so excited about Ahsoka is because Rebels was was my way to get my wife into Star Wars. It was Mm. the first Star Wars property she enjoyed was Rebels. Mm. So... This being essentially a sequel to Rebels had me super excited for it. So when you first watched Star Wars, what was the first movie you watched? New Hope. Okay. I, I didn't know. You know, you, you're, I wasn't sure if like the prequels were your, your, your entry or if the original trilogy was your entry. Yeah, no, the original, the, the prequels hadn't been out yet when I watched gotcha. first. Yeah, no, I'm old. So high school for me is still pre prequel. <laughs> so Paul, yeah, I would say, um, you know, a star. The original Star Wars was released before I was born, right? In 1977, I was born in 79. Um, so being born in 79, even Empire Strikes Back came out probably before I was even one year old. Um, now that being said, I saw them upon re-releases, but I would say my first original Star Wars movie was Return of the Jedi um, in theaters. Uh, And, you know, obviously I I had already grown to appreciate Star Wars by then um, because I I remember very distinctly having a crap ton of Return of the Jedi merchandise um, (laughs) as a child. I I, I remember distinctly my Return of the Jedi sleeping bag. (laughs) Um, that that is probably still in a closet in my parents' house somewhere. Um, you know, I, I I was definitely all in on star Wars by the time of the third movie, which again was really the first one that was released in theaters after I was born. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they, back in those days, star Wars was certainly, you know, released multiple times in the theaters, the same way ET was the same way jaws was, you know, movies just kind of got re-released 
repeatedly because you know the, even the VHS market was relatively young at the, in the late 70s, mm-hmm. um, early 80s. So you know, so I, 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 so for me, that's that was my entry. And once, I mean, I was all in on Star Wars um, from then on out. Growing up, between the toys, um, the animated cartoons like the droid series the ewok series the ewok tv movies um you know i i grew up a star wars fanboy and i have it in my head you sleeping in ewok pajamas that's just in my head (laughs) it seems likely i mean i'm not i I I mean because i I mean i was all in on on return of the jedi and i loved the ewoks so yeah there's there's no doubt that i'm sure i had something along those lines it's funny i have that same picture but not as him as a kid no, right now. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. Um, <laughs> he sang Yub Yub before he ever got on the mics this morning. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, I was I, I was all in on Star Wars um, and, and, and continue to be. I'm, I'm a huge Star Wars fanboy, you know, for you know, so obviously I continue to watch. You know, I enjoyed the original Star Wars movies. And then, um, you know, when the prequels came out, by the time the prequels came out, I, you know, I was already. Uh, working in a, at a Ruby Tuesday, it was post high school for me. I think it was, what was that, 1997, 1998 that the prequel came out? 2000, yeah, 99, 2000, something like that. Yeah, um, Phantom Menace, yeah. Somewhere around then, I was already working at a Ruby Tuesday, 1999, and it was in front of an AMC theater. Um, and so I remember getting off of work and hearing that there were uh, people already lined up because this was pre movietickets.com and AMC right. theaters apps and stuff like that, that people were lined up because tickets were going to go on sale the next day. So I got off of work at Ruby Tuesday and hopped in line to camp out overnight to purchase Star Wars movie tickets um, for Phantom Menace opening weekend. And uh, so, I mean, I saw Phantom Menace. I probably saw Phantom Menace a dozen times. Nice. One of my favorite memories of you is the when the new movie started to come out, the Toys R Us Star Wars nights where they were going to release them. Those are uh, some of my favorite Star Wars memories. Yeah, same same here, because I was in line at a Toys R Us and you were in line at a Toys R Us and we're messaging the group just to get the first chance to get these brand new toys for a movie we knew nothing about, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, now the Force Fridays and yeah, now Toys R Us is out of business. But yeah, I mean, for for I would say for all of the prequel trilogy and most of the sequel trilogy, I was at some type some type of merchandise midnight release. Um, so I'm 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 hardcore Star Wars fanboy. I've seen um, all the episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels. I cannot say the same for Bad Batch or Resistance. Um, for some reason, I just can't connect with them. But I will. Keep trying. <laughs> I really enjoy Bad Batch, but I could not get into Resistance. Yeah, I've actually seen more of Resistance than I have of Bad Batch. But um, yeah, but I'll get around to them. But yeah, I mean, so for me, um, yeah, I, I will say I'm not as familiar with the extended universe stuff. I, I, I have not read a ton of the novels. Um, I, I currently don't read the comic books, but I used to. So, but I mean, as far as the the actual released canon, you know, media. Uh, I, I've I've certainly um, seen most of it. How about well, you? Well, I was gonna say one of my favorite memories was Paul demanding Jeffrey appear because they uh, at, had at, teased that was it. at the Rogue Friday uh-huh. for Rogue One release because they had they were advertising that Jeffrey the Giraffe would be there, and uh, I was like, "Where's Jeffrey?" And they're like, oh, "You know, Jeffrey's not feeling well tonight." I'm like, "The ad says that Jeffrey will be at this event," so they called the guy in. 
<laughs> and they put on the Jeffrey costume. And it was the saddest Jeffrey I've ever seen. But I was... <laughs> yeah, that was the most one um, midnight toy release. Because, you know, in the pictures, you can't, you know, he's got a mask on. You can't see the the, the, the person's face inside the costume. But just but the, the body, body posture. Language. Yeah, the body <laughs> posture of, of that giraffe standing next to you. are like, oh, that giraffe does not want to be there. <laughs> that giraffe's kind of pissed. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I miss, you know, I will say that the one thing, one of the things and i'm, I'm sorry because i'm i don't want it to be all about me but um oh, one uh-huh. of the things i i, <laughs> I it's just star I wars love. with paul right? <laughs> uh, one of my favorite things about star wars is that it does or it, it has in the past um been an event when a movie is released to the point that it's not just the movie that's the event it's the release of the merchandise that's also an event um and i feel like that's something that i certainly miss in in movie releases nowadays there's nothing that's and this is kind of part of the Disneyfication of everything, and you know the the oversaturation, like you mentioned, Wayne. Nothing's really that much of an event anymore when it gets released, and so I I, I kind of miss those types of things, like that people would actually go to a midnight release of a toy, like that doesn't really happen anymore. Um, well, I, I feel like a lot of that went away during the pandemic, and I feel well, like it's just never really came back I, I i'm hoping that maybe we'll get to a point where we start to see stuff like that again but i feel like it's, that was uh, one of the another star wars movie you know eventually but you know actually honestly the longer they wait to put out another star wars movie uh probably the, the bigger event it will be yeah so for me uh growing up uh i saw originally uh saw you know new hope uh empire strikes back on vhs uh at home uh, and I had an older brother, and so even though I was a bit young at those times, I grew up surrounded by Star Wars toys, uh, action figures. Uh, we had the little Death Star playset. That was kind of cool. That, that yeah, it was Death pretty Star cool. Death playset was great. Had the little pit down into the uh-huh. – uh, that, that was full of the little styrofoam pieces. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah it was it was good stuff. So. No, I, saw, I, I had many good memories of of Darth Vader slicing down uh, Hoth troopers. Uh, it was just a great childhood. Um, but the first one I saw in person in theater was Return of the Jedi in '83. Was the first time I was old enough to be in the theater to see uh, see one of the releases with my parents. So, and of course, being uh, you know seven, uh, I was delighted with the Ewoks. Amazing, uh, fell in love with them uh, right away. Uh, cheered for them when they destroyed the uh, ATST, you know, cried when they died. Um, but yeah, so that was, you know, I loved it. it during the course of my life. I've, you know, owned them on VHS. I've owned them on uh, DVD owned them on Blu-ray. I haven't, don't have a 4k player yet, but eventually I'll probably own them on 4k. Um, so original trilogy, huge fan read a lot of the uh not a lot i read some of the old novels uh starting with uh the the air empire trilogy that we discussed last time i read some of the uh rogue squadron novels which were not not as good but okay uh never really got in the comic books that much and then when the prequels came out as as we talked about it was a huge deal like when uh phantom menace and and getting tickets being their opening night uh, it was just electric. You know, the first new Star Wars movie to come out in, what was it, about 16 years? Uh, like me, my friend, my nerdy friends, we were all just ecstatic for it. Love Phantom Menace. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I've been pretty reliable. I watched, uh, you know, all the prequels, watched all the uh, uh, Jedi, uh, Skywalker saga uh, movies. Um, 
read, read some of the books. I, you know, I can't say I've read all the books, but I've read some of the new generation of books in the new canon. I still need to finish Rebels, so sorry. Uh, <laughs> but I saw all the Clone Wars. Um, and, you know, that's that's been about it. I mean, I've uh, always been a big fan since uh, pretty much as long as I can remember. How about you, Aaron? I came to Star Wars reluctantly. Um, <laughs> I uh, 1977, I was 10 years old. And uh, you're old. I I am I am baffled every time Paul tells me that he wasn't born yet when Star Wars first came. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, I think largely it's because he's aging so poorly. Um, (laughs) You are not wrong. I mean, I was was at Bush Gardens yesterday uh, to film a little video for our YouTube channel. And I'm like, my God, I'm so gray. I am so ridiculously gray. It's like a 60 year old man. (laughs) I'm. I'm pretty sure that you're the only one on this call that was born when uh, New Hope was released. I mean, I was born, but I was, my parents were not taking me to a theater at that age. I was born at age 45, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, I was born in 80, so I wasn't alive for it either. <laughs> so I was our 1975 is when I started reading comic books. And shortly thereafter, I fell into Star Trek. And, uh, my mother came home, she had gone out with one of her friends and, you know, she was telling me about a movie she saw and she goes, I, I saw this movie. I think you'll like it. And I'm like, yeah, what is it? She goes, it's star Wars. I'm like, yeah, that sounds stupid. <laughs> and, and classic like, Aaron. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, ah, that sounds stupid. And she goes, no, I really, I think you'd like it. You know, there are spaceships and there's, you know, you know, uh, you know, fights in space and there's laser swords and yada, yada. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. And I mean, I was very dismissive about it. Well, and it's because your parent It's because your parent is telling you, you'll like it, Aaron, you were 10 <laughs> yeah. years old. Of yeah. course you're going to yeah. be like, no, it sounds dumb mom. And so she Dude. comes home one day with the Marvel comics, Howard, Chaken uh, uh, Star Wars adaptation and, you know, hands it to me. And she's like, this is the movie I'm talking and telling you about. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, it was, it was at a time in my life in which I didn't have a giant read pile. In fact, I had no read read pile because I consumed comics the moment I picked them up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I read this thing and I'm like, huh, this is kind of interesting. And I, I'm just, just kind of fascinated about it. So mom takes me to a movie and the next thing you know, I've seen this thing eight times. Right. <laughs> um, I, I loved star Wars. Uh, you know, it, it, uh, the, that whole lived in aspect of the universe. Mm-hmm. I was very taken with, cause that is not star Trek, right? Nope. Star Trek, everything's bright, shiny and new. And in star Wars, you know, you, you feel like, you know, this thing might not start today. <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, and I, I love that about the, the show. And I, I, I really identified strongly as a kid with Luke Skywalker and, you know, played with my, uh, you know, glow in the dark sword, uh, a lot when I was a kid, that's not a euphemism. Um, <laughs> I, I, so I saw, I saw, you know, what I always refer to as star Wars and what the kids today called called new hope or episode four, uh, I saw that eight times in the theater. I saw Empire Strikes Back ten times in the theater, and I saw Return of the Jedi one time in the theater oh. um, because <laughs> oh. I hate, loathe, and despise Return of the Jedi. Oh. Uh, you would have been sixteen at the time, right? When when Return he was he was playing out. with his glow in the dark lightsaber, <laughs> <laughs> and that is a euph- euphemism. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. but uh, no, I, I I I objected to the way the story was told. Um, that everything was just kind of handed to you. Uh, you know, you had this great cliffhanger in Empire Strikes Back, and you know, it's just, hey, 
Leah's my sister, right? Oh, spoilers, by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, she sure is. Okay. I just, I, I, I was so bummed about how uh, that was shared in the movie. I just felt like there needed to be more drama about it. And if you were to cut out uh, the Ewoks from that movie, I think I would have enjoyed it a whole lot more. And every time I watch it, I'm like, fuck Ewoks. Ewoks are the best. I'm just going to disagree the there. Love yeah. you, the walks. But yeah. I, I did really enjoy, you know, the the hijinks with Jabba at the beginning of the movie. I thought that was mm. done really well. Oh, yeah. Uh, but anyway. Um, so, you know, I, ca- I came to Star Wars reluctantly. Uh, was, you know, not happy with the prequels. Um, you know, I felt like there were a lot of missed opportunities and I, I won't rehash that here because that's not what we're here to talk about today. But, but uh, before you move on, I do want to say if the listeners would like us after Ahsoka ends <laughs> to perhaps do individual discussions about each one of the movies, I think I'd be open to it. Same. Yeah. Like we absolutely. can revisit each movie individually yeah. and share uh-huh. our thoughts yeah, yeah. as if they were new. I mean, their their friendships may end when we talk about return, but sure. Not, but that's why I'm offering it, Andrew. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. We want to yeah. see the blood. For a change, uh-huh. when the listeners give feedback, they can tell us why Aaron's wrong. There you go. Exactly. There you go. Well, you know, the I am a huge Star Trek fan. I am a fan of Star Wars. Um, and I, I am not one of those guys who everything that comes out about Star Wars, I love. I love a lot about Star Wars, but I, I don't love every story. Um, so I had to be coaxed into watching Star Wars Rebels. I tried Star Wars Rebels when it first came out. I've seen most of the first season. Uh, what I strongly disliked and continue to dislike about uh, Star Wars Rebels uh, is the character design aesthetic. Um, mm-hmm. I really hate the video game style quality of uh, the characters. It just, I, it, it, boy, it irritates the I, And I watched season four this week in its entirety to prep for Ahsoka. And because, you know, Paul and Dave Filoni told me that I needed to. Yes, and yes, uh, um, <laughs> real quick, between those two, which one do you give more weight? Oh, Dave Filoni. Okay, Absolutely. just yeah. I mean, because I mean, me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, and while I think the the storytelling is great in Rebels, um, I just, boy, I, fi- I find the character design really hard to get through. The you know, and it's the video game quality of it. It's the infantilization of the characters. They're all drawn like you know, they're Star Wars babies in a lot of respects. Um, I, I had a hard time with that, but I in the uh, spoilers, Andrew, uh, mm. in the last couple of episodes when they're in the old Jedi temple and there's the, the wall paintings, these, these, the contrasting design between the wall paintings and then, you know, the character action stuff was striking. And I loved how that was illustrated. And I love that they carried that aesthetic into Ahsoka this week. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was super cool. Uh, and I think they, yeah, I think the things in, in rebels that they get right are all of the starship stuff, all of the space battles, but boy, I really, I, every time it does a zoom in on a character face, especially Ezra, I'm just like, <laughs> so, I mean, season four overall, what'd you think? I mean, Kanan dies. I thought, it's a I, lot thought it, 
You know, the I feel like the the reason why the characters are designed as they are, uh, you know, the, where they're 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 made to look super young, um, even though you know they're all adult, with the exception of Ezra being a you know a, an adolescent, I guess, it and part of it and just aging up, so he's a young adult. Uh, but I feel like they're 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 drawn so young so that they will appeal to children, which I find a really interesting contrast given how many people die in that show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean. You know, like, for instance, in the season finale, you know, they blow up the, uh, the 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 Imperial Dome that they have lured every single Imperial uh, subject and, you know, stormtrooper and worker uh, into and then yeah. blow the thing up. You know, how I, many I just, independent contractors were on exactly, board that? <laughs> exactly. Um, and so I, I was like, damn, you know, they, there's a whole lot of killing here. Uh, in a show that I think is really geared towards, you know, children, but I think the storytelling is fantastic. Um, I re- I very much enjoyed, uh, when, uh, Ezra meets, and again, spoilers, uh, Ahsoka, you know, in season four, when he pulled, when he rescues her from her fight with, uh, uh, Darth Vader. Yeah. Darth Vader. It was Darth Vader, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I I think that's I loved that whole setting, and that's what I think that it did really well is all the setting stuff. Um, you know, one of the things that drives me crazy is is when a show just kind of makes it a a a monoculture, or you know, the 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 world is just a thing. But Lothal uh, in Star Wars Rebels is has you know very different looking geography as they as they travel I, I i dig that i dig that it's really thoughtful and considered in the way the the story is set much less the way the story is told i just the again the, i thought i thought the writing was fantastic on it good all right so, all right, so. I, I i i i don't hate the fact that i watched star wars rebels i just wish that i i liked the design a little better yeah well and, you know I, I will say Having now seen episodes one and two of Ahsoka, which we'll talk about here in just a minute, I am glad you saw season four of Rebels again because it is very closely tied. Oh, yeah. I mean, Um, yeah, very. I mean, I I knew it was going to be and everyone said it would be and early reviews said it would be. But I was like, wow, this is definitely not. And they don't help new reader friendly. Yeah, (laughs) they 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 do not help you, you know, with. uh, with previously on Star Wars, yeah, uh, no introductions well, to a lot of the characters. But when you, when we say that it is very connected, there are scenes, live action scenes that are recreations of like end of episode of the finale. Yeah, and I had to. Go, I went back and rewatched the finale after watching these first two episodes to see those scenes in the animated version. Yeah. You know, I, I've only watched the first, oh, I don't know, half of the first season of Rebels. But just at that point, I didn't feel like I was missing a lot. I mean, I, as, as long as you have an idea of the fact that Sabine was a rebel fighting with, uh, you know, knowing who Ezra is really seems like the main thing to, to know, right? Because they make a lot about, oh, this could be a way to find Ezra. Oh, this could be a way to find Ezra. It's a motivating force for uh, mm-hmm. uh, Sabine and uh, Ashok- Ahsoka. Uh 
but you having watched just a few episodes of rebels, you know, who Ezra is, right. You know, he's going to become a, a Jedi under the tutelage of, uh, uh, Kanan. So, I mean, I don't feel like I've missed out not seeing having watched all four seasons. Uh, but certainly I feel like you have Andrew, I but certainly, like, yeah. But certainly, I mean, certainly just knowing who Ezra is, I think, is the key thing uh, to know going into and, it. And were you yeah, aware would, they were talking about Ezra Miller, you know, the guy who. Uh, no, they were not. <laughs> that, that is incorrect, sir. Uh, actually, um, yeah, no. nobody wants to fight him. They want to lose him. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so, you know, I think yeah, having I, a little knowledge of Rebels is important, but I don't think you need to see all four seasons to get to, to enjoy uh, the first couple episodes of Ahsoka. I found I it very jarring to, to go from 15 episodes of Rebels back to back to back and then jumped into the to the live action show that's continuing the same story. I was like, I, I'm, I, I had this disconnect, you know, like, oh, I've got to shift gears because these are, are, you know, more real things. Uh, but it was it was it was, you know, it was pleasant, <laughs> you know, once I got over the shock of it. I was I so excited. Think it's safe it. to say that I am the. I'm the big Rebels fan of out of this group. I mean, yeah. I know Paul loves it too, but oh, yeah. it was my gateway. It was the very first Star Wars novel I ever did was the origin of Kanan Jarrus. Uh, I have all of the Lego Star Wars kits relating to it. I have the toys relating to Rebels. And they yeah, were a lot of my of first. Rebel super fan. Yeah, they <laughs> yeah, were a lot cute. of my first purchases when it comes to Star Wars stuff. So, I was so excited to see that they cast uh, Mary uh, Elizabeth Winstead as uh, General Sindula. Oh, yeah, so excited. Her, her oh, yeah. I was so excited to see her show up there. I was like, ah! Hey, before we go into Ahsoka, I do, I do have to ask you guys. Did any of you see the trailer for Rebel Moon this week? No. Speaking of streaming materials? No, none of you, nobody saw what's, it? No. What's Rebel Moon? So Rebel Moon <laughs> is the upcoming Zack Snyder Netflix movie. Mm-hmm. Epic movie. It's a two-parter. I think the first part comes out in like November. Second part comes out like in April. It. I, the only reason I bring it up is because it's. It started off as a Star Wars pitch that got rejected um, by Lucasfilm. They felt it was just like not the right tone for what they yeah. wanted to do, and he made it anyway. And if you watch it, it very much looks like a Star Wars movie, huh. um, including the lightsabers. So oh, here. I, I, you know, watch it. We'll talk about it in the next episode because I, if, I mean, it's only a three minute trailer. I'm not asking you to watch an entire season of Rebels. Uh, I, wonder, <laughs> I wonder if there's going to be some lawsuits coming over this. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But I, I, I would definitely be curious of your thoughts on that. And, you know, okay. we'll talk about yeah. it next time. Okay. Zack Snyder doing something that's the wrong tone for the property. Heaven forbid. <laughs> oh, I, what, what have I done? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ahsoka episodes one and two both came out on Tuesday night. Um, They they came out early. Uh, You know, it was originally announced it's coming out Wednesday, but I think it sounds like Disney is moving to a Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern distribution for the series, which sounds, I mean, I I like it. Now, will I always watch it on Tuesday? No, but at at least for me, it's... It gives me an ability to watch something before spoilers are all over the internet. That was my, you know, I don't, I don't generally get to watch much TV during the week. And so, uh, Friday nights is generally when I get to watch, you know, the stuff I want to watch. And 
it is hard dodging spoilers when you're in social media. I mean, yeah. every time I saw anything that had Star Wars in it, I just scrolled past really quick. Uh, that that was hard this week because I didn't want to get spoiled about you know what was going on uh, in Ahsoka. So, but Aaron, you started us today by saying you were concerned. About yeah, how you know the, the, the two episode release format, what it usually yeah. means. Uh, you know, my my experience with a, a lot of the we're going to drop the first two episodes at the same time is that generally speaking, that's because episode one is weak. Um, mm-hmm. And I did not find that to be the case here. No, uh, in fact, by the time we got to the end of episode one, I'm like, I'm really surprised they dropped a second episode. I would have let this cliffhanger hang for a while, you know? Yeah. Uh, and then after having watched episode two, I was like, Oh, I understand what they did because it is really a, the, both of those parts make up a full motion picture. Yeah. And that's where I want to start the conversation because, you know, so much of the Star Wars we've seen so far in uh, the Disney series have used the, you know, augmented reality wall. Right. Yeah. Um, and it has always been very apparent to me the way things are staged, you know, the way you know, even though it's beautiful, don't get me wrong. Um Frequently, you'll note that the you know the directors are kind of figuring out how to work it to make it feel organic because there's there's a certain amount of I feel like they're just kind of standing in a room. Um, that was not apparent here to me. In fact, I couldn't pick out uh, the the AR wall w- uh, in in this thing. In fact, what it felt like to me was 1977. It felt like Star Wars. It felt like a real motion picture. It felt, it felt so big and, you know, Mando, while I, I like it a great deal has never felt big. It's never felt like this is a whole other fucking world. You know, this is a a whole different galaxy we're in. And I was taken, uh, how, and it made me reflect that, you know, every time Star Trek has a new, a new, a new show, they kind of reinvent what their technology looks like. Star Wars doesn't do that. They embrace the 1977 aesthetic. And I really felt like this, this show leaned hard into it. Yeah. It I, really, I really found when we were looking at some of the rebel base areas, uh-huh. which and they're not rebel anymore, but it really felt like, it was straight out of the original movies. Yeah. I had that same moment watching it as like, this feels like star Wars in a way that yeah. none it, of the it, new movies do. And tangibly. So, I mean, yeah. it wasn't, I, even though, yeah, there's CG all over the screen. It never felt like that. It felt like, you know, these were, uh, you know, uh, regular stunts. These were regular, you know, uh, gimmicks and special effects that they weren't digitally created, even though we know they are. But I, I, I just really feel like whatever they did here, and I don't know if it's just being more comfortable with the technology or they just spent more money on it and more time on it. But I was 100% impressed. In fact, I remember, I, I think it was earlier this week, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes score and it was a low B. You know, it was like an 81% fresh. And I was like, ooh, that is not good news. And all I can think of is that it is a bunch of haters out there juicing the scores because I thought this thing was terrific. Yeah, you know, you, and there's a couple of things I want to respond to there. One, the, the Rotten Tomato score, you know, they 
a preview. There were preview screenings and things like that. And a lot of commentary out of the preview screenings was, you know, it's great. It's a little slow, you know, or it's deliberately paced. And I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound good. Right. And then yeah. I watch it. I'm like, what, are you what the fuck talking are they talking about? about? Yeah. There's multiple action scenes in every episode. What were you expecting? It's not J.J. Abrams. It's it's a it is a normal paced you know so, show there's nothing wrong with the pacing of this show and i thought i thought the the pacing was great in episode one and when we we come up to the big fight by the way spoilers ahead when we come up to the big fight i'm like well of course sabine's gonna win this fight you know uh-huh. she's gonna be okay uh-huh. and then the lightsaber just goes right through her i about came out of my chair <laughs> same here Aaron. i mean i was like holy shit in fact i li- i literally thought Wayne is not going to be happy. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no, Wayne's going to be pissed. <laughs> but she survived. Spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you survived that wound. Uh, you know, no one else has. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, he, but she didn't get cut in half. This wasn't like a Qui Gon Jinn situation. Just putting it out there. <laughs> I mean, Darth Maul survived being cut in half. Well, I'd like to point out that her belly looks a whole lot better than Luke Skywalker's face. <laughs> uh, after after Hoth, and I'm just like, wow, she's got a much better medical droid than yeah. Luke had. Well, uh, well yeah, later, uh-huh. it's like 30 years later or 20 years later. Well, you know, not uh, only yeah. is it 20 years later, but it's later. Well, I guess from this point, it's only like five or six. Yeah, years it's after not 20 years. years. But yeah. they have more resources. Well, yeah, yeah. They, they have Empire resources now. Uh-huh. True. Right. <laughs> well, and Aaron, you know, one of the, your reference to how this felt like Star Wars, you know, I never had an issue with how Mandalorian felt. In fact, when Mandalorian came out, I'm like, yes, yeah, yeah. this yeah, is no, Star Wars. Yeah, I, but, but then I, but then this came out, and I'm like, no, no, actually, this is Star Wars. Well, I, they're I both Star Wars. Wars. Well, but there are parts of Mando that feel cheap to me. You know, yeah. like, like, mm, you know, this is, uh, you know, we're having to, you know, it's TV budget, right? Oh yeah, I so, never. Yeah. Quality. I, okay. Yeah, I never felt like we were in TV budget in these first two episodes of Ahsoka. I felt like this was a great big summer blockbuster movie. Um, I, I that is the thing that just kind of took my breath away was how good it looked on the screen. It looked uh, good. It looked yeah, good. and no. you know, I, I'd like to I'd like to say something else. You know, there was a lot of controversy. Uh, rise of Skywalker, what was that? What was that last Skywalker movie? Skywalker Saga. Oh, Skywalker. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that movie, you know, there was a, a bunch of Twitter rage and whatnot about you know women and minorities uh, being in, in power roles and yada yada yada. Um, I, it wasn't. It was only after I watched the end of the second episode. You know, I'm like, all three major characters in this thing, four if you include the villain, are women. Yeah. Rosario Dawson, I believe, is an ethnic minority. Yeah. Um, Never felt it, never felt like that was being, you know, hammered into me in the storytelling. Uh, and it did, like I said, it didn't occur to me until after I was kind of thinking about, you know, as a, you know, as I was performing sort of my critical notes on the, on the thing, I was like, my God, I didn't notice that all four main characters were women. That's how yep. far we've come. And that's how good the storytelling is here. Uh, and I, all I can think of is that the, the reason why that Rotten Tomatoes score is what it was is that you, you had folks who go in there and flood those numbers who just want to hate on a franchise. Well, uh, and to be fair, Rosario Dawson and this is actually a Togruta, not a, you know, so her, her ethnicity is somewhat obscured. But right. 
Um, but I gotta say, I, I loved it. It was, um, I had no issues with it. You know, he talked about feeling more Star Wars to me, you know, man, when I watch Mandalorian, I feel like I'm at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Cause that's, yeah. you know, the part of Star Wars focused on kind of the dingy Tatooine gangster, um, bounty hunter lifestyle. Uh, when I watch, uh, Ahsoka, I feel like I'm in new hope. Uh, you know, I loved seeing the security guys and those goofy, funky, helmets that they wore new mm-hmm. hope mm-hmm. love that love the little giant oversized rank badges on the front of the naval officers right before they were all murdered by the uh uh evil jedi i'm not uh-huh. sure what to call them <laughs> excuse me um but no i thought overall from start to finish it was great i was also shocked when sabine got stabbed i, I just love and they did this in rebels i watched enough rebels to remember this part was when they're driving out to that communications tower and they're on that big open yeah, the uh, big road highway. Yeah. Where apparently there's never any other traffic. I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, is there never why did they build this great big highway if there's never any traffic? Right. <laughs> and and you know, so I remember that from Rebels from uh, Ezra, right, riding uh-huh. out yeah. there. Uh, and so I love seeing it again, uh, both with the speeders and then with the, the starship, you know, racing out there uh to uh to save Sabine. Yeah. Um, and it made sense in Rebels because they're an occupied planet. Yeah, and nobody's yeah. out. Nobody's out doing the regular stuff. They're all under under martial law, essentially, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I enjoyed those those moments. Uh, I will say, uh, I have two small little things. The very first fight sequence with the droids in the temple, uh, I felt was somewhat underwhelming. I didn't feel it seemed a little sloppy. It seemed a little hesitant. I wasn't crazy about that. Uh, and then also, I would say I, I do wish the way they they designed. Uh, Ahsoka's costume. I feel like Rosario Dawson should have worked on her delts a little bit more. Because, <laughs> um, like, first time, I'm, I'm, you know, it's Disney. They have access to Marvel trainers. I mean, right. I know it could happen. Um, I mean, she used to be uh, Claire Temple on on the, uh, you know, some of the Marvel shows. I feel like if they just worked on the lats a little bit, so she turned around, he saw those shoulder cutouts, like they're just bulging. Oh, would have been so good. You know, I think. The only gripe that I have, and then I'll go back to the positive, is that I, while I understand why they called this show Star Wars Ahsoka, because from a ring name recognition standpoint, Ahsoka is the is the 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 seller here. Um, Ahsoka's kind of the least interesting character in her own show. I would agree. Yeah. She just kind of sits back, you know, very, and I get that's her character. Like she's, but she's calm. She sighs. She acknowledges. She, you know, but. The, the real crux of the heart and, and action is really driven by Sabine, uh-huh. right? And the, and the well, personality of, of Hera. And can I say that every time Hera's on screen, it it is so much more brilliant. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, she just really energizes a scene. Oh, Hera's uh, great. Yeah, she is. She's yeah. fantastic. I, I just, I, I love her on screen. She yeah. looks so young. She and is she's, relatively I mean, she's young. Not, she's, well, I mean, ish, right? I mean, she's Re- the Raker's wife. So, I mean, I mean, that doesn't mean anything, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, she's been around for a little while. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. I mean, I remember when she was in uh, Death Proof and no. three. So she's got to be in her 30s. She's, she she was Ramona Flowers and Scott Pilgrim versus the oh, world. That's right. Yeah, that is really her. Defi- I mean, in my world, that that is what <laughs> defines her to me. But she was also the Huntress in Birds of Prey. That's uh, right. That's right. For those who are more into that type of stuff. Let's see. Let's see how old she is. She's 38 currently. 
Okay. So, so yeah, no, I no, she, she is fantastic. That. She is perfect casting, as is the actress who played. I think it's Natasha Lou. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think something like that. Yep. Um, who plays Sabine? Who plays Sabine? Spot yep. on. Spot mm-hmm. on casting. I had absolutely forgotten that Ray Stevens was in this. Um, yeah. You know, Ray Stevens, who died um, earlier. Earlier in the year, last as year. As far as I know, it's the last thing that he filmed. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I, I I love Ray Stevens. He is I, he is just such a, a, a fantastic, charming actor. And I love seeing him in this role because he's not a mustache-twirling villain, even though he's deeply villainous. <laughs> <laughs> what, what did he die from? Uh, I, I don't, don't recall. I forgot that he died. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But I, um, I, it sure is g- great to see him on screen, and I, I, I'm, I can't wait to see what happens with his character. So, uh, and, and what do y'all think of the the witch? Oh yeah, the uh, witch of Dathomir. I love uh-huh. her. Uh, yeah. she needs to get a little creepier, but uh, she's all in that way. Like from the when you first see her uh, uh-huh. when they rescue her to the end of uh, Toil and Trouble, she's progressing from to, in creepiness, and I'm I'm yeah. hoping that that progression continues. Well, well I just here's a that. question I have for Aaron, right? Because of the, this whole Dathomir thing, because I don't think Dathomir played much into Rebels. It was in but Clone Wars, though. It did in Clone Wars, and yeah, you you're not. I, Oh, I have no familiarity with uh, this thing. They were mentioned in the yeah. planet where Darth Maul came from, uh, um, and it's basically run by like this these witches, right? It's it's, a ma- it's a matriarchy, matriarchy, um, and you know it's the, the it's these like basically witches, um, and so that that's that's what this. There's actually I'm not going to make you watch some more stuff, but the whole <laughs> Dathomir, the whole Dathomir storyline with Darth Maul's brother, all that stuff is just fantastic. Yeah, if it makes you feel better, I have no idea about it either. Okay, I yeah. feel I feel better. I feel it better. was referenced some in some of the novels, The Witches of Dathomir, yeah. before the prequels, which is where they I think got that. But I recommend looking up the Dathomir storyline from Star Wars: uh, Clone Wars. It is worth your time. Read the Wikipedia summary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one of the first things I did was after watching the episode, I went back to look up the characters I didn't know to see if they were new characters or if they were part of the universe that I wasn't familiar with. And there are quite a few new characters. Well, and how about Clancy Brown playing the oh, same character he voiced? I am always in Star Wars to... Rebels playing him in live action. That I'm awesome. always happy to see Clancy Brown. Always. And uh, you're right. I mean, I loved, you know, because you you hear him before you see him in the show and you're like, yes, they got Clancy. It's great. I love that. It also helps that, you know, the way they illustrated him or animated him in Rebels, he he looks very much like Clancy Brown. So, yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, the big toy this year for Star Wars is has got to be a loft cat. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, Definitely. It was. <laughs> that thing was adorable. I kept waiting for it to, you know, claw the eyes out of the, uh, you know, dark Jedi. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and I you mean, know, I love- there, there is that great scene, you know, in episode one where the, you know, murder droids show up to, you know, steal the map from Sabine. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of them just kind of disappears. And I kept wondering, did I did I misunderstand where he went? And then, of course, in the in episode two, he stayed behind. You know, we didn't mm-hmm. misunderstand what happened. He actually stayed there on site to to wait for whoever shows up to check things out. It right. was Ahsoka, and Ahsoka just cuts him right down. I loved that scene. 
As I it should be. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And, and I am I the only one who noticed that in the opening scene of uh, episode one that you know there was a a a black uh, uh, a, a a black hued uh, uh, protocol droid looked like a murder droid on the bridge of the new you republic. Mean it looked ship. like a triple zero. Yes. No. <laughs> yes, and I kept waiting. You guys don't understand what's on the bridge there with you. <laughs> well, maybe that's before he becomes a murder droid. Maybe the dark Jedi give him to Doctor Afra. Maybe, maybe. But uh, you know, when the when the uh, the Imperial shuttle shows up on the screen, they say, "Yeah, we're Jedi's. We want to come aboard." I'm like, "Those aren't Jedi's. Don't let them on. Don't let them on." And the minute the minute the captain says, "I'm going to go down there and, and and greet our guests," I'm like, "You're." A Dead man. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I could see where he's coming from. He was coming from the idea it's it's regular, you know, imperial infiltrators pretending to be huh. Jedi. Like uh, all the Sith are dead, right? Surely it's not going to be something that you know, our contingent security guards can't handle. Uh, his, nope. His fatal flaw is that he didn't realize he was in the opening scene of a Star Wars show. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he should have um, said, "Wait, was was that a crawl that just went by?" <laughs> Fuck! Get out of here. Do you guys hear? Oh, how about that? Music? We got an opening crawl in this show. Which <laughs> yeah, was nice. I did like that. I did yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, no, I love that. I'm, I'm very excited for Tuesday. And for me, Tuesday's better. Wednesday night's my game night. Uh, so I never have a chance to watch things Wednesday night. Tuesday night's usually I should be able to watch it when it comes out. See, yeah, I, I like think... it being out Tuesday night because then I could watch it Wednesday morning. Yeah, yeah before then, work. Yeah, well, in my case, I took Wednesday off this week. But, <laughs> you know, I got a chance to watch it on Wednesday during the day. And I was very happy about that because it was uh, the start of my birthday. So. Happy yeah, birthday, was a Wayne. good way to start it. And we were talking about characters. I don't know why I was so excited about it, but one of the characters I was most excited to see in live action was Chopper. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't see I much loved, of Chopper so far. Little, I did really enjoy him chopper. banging on the side of the ship as they're as, as they're in aerial pursuit of uh, the, uh, you know, Imperial stealing the the uh, hyperdrive and you're just banging, trying to get, you know, Hera's attention. I, I thought that was hysterical. I yeah. Loved I mean, in star Wars, the droids really are key characters. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And chopper yeah. to me is one of the characters I loved in rebels. He was, uh, there was an episode of rebels where they have another droid there. And through the whole episode, it's a question of, you know, they're going to bring this droid onto the show and chopper electrocutes it and tosses it out of the ship. Because he's jealous. <laughs> it's like that is Chopper. I love it. Uh-huh. A little, a little suicide, a little homicidal. Great. Yeah, yeah. So the uh, the last scene uh, of episode two brings together Ahsoka and Sabine. Sabine deciding that she wa- wants to once again be Ahsoka's Padawan. You know, be the apprentice Jedi. Uh, Ahsoka, you know, essentially embraces her and, and brings her on board, and you know. And I hope this promises something that I have always wanted from Star Wars and have never gotten. I want the rest of this series to be a buddy cop show. I want to get that same kind of energy between the, the these two Jedi's uh, that you would in a buddy cop movie. I want. I, I I hope we find some levity within Ahsoka. She's she that if I had a complaint. It is that she is just so dour 
Uh, I would love to see some levity between the two of them. Oh, didn't mm. we get that with Anakin and Obi Wan and the? Not pre- well. Not mm. well. Mm. <laughs> well, I will say, you know, one of the things that uh, put people off the prequels, I think, is that the Jedi are try to be unfeeling, unemotional, and mm-hmm. flat, flat affect all the time. Right. Uh, whereas, you know, in the original movies, Luke is full of emotions, right? Right. Uh, so I think we're seeing that kind of combination in this series. So you see Ahsoka, who's from the original Jedi Order, even though I feel like in Clone Wars she was plenty emotional, but um, but she's play has that kind of flat affect, no emotions, always mm-hmm. calm, always thoughtful. Whereas Sabine is the emotional uh, Luke esque, you know, new generation of Jedi who didn't come up in the temple system. Yeah. Um, so you know. I, I feel like you're going to see a lot of, of that contrast. I don't know if you're ever going to see Ahsoka, you know, energetic or emotional or engaging. I don't know. What I really want to see them deal more with is that Ahsoka never fully, you know, graduated. She right. left the nope. Jedi Order. She was not a Jedi and she was disillusioned with the Jedi because of how they treated her. Mm-hmm. And I want to see some of that. That. She is not the stereotypical Jedi of that era. It does seem kind of hard. Maybe, guys, this came up in Rebels. It does seem very, because uh, people call her a Jedi. <laughs> and she's not a Jedi. Uh, what, did they ever explain why she's walking around saying she is a Jedi? Not really. I think well, she's I don't think there's a whole lot she's of people correcting people. She's well, an outcast. I don't think there's a whole lot of people around anymore to say that she's not a Jedi. No, right? but I feel like I, mean, I feel like because remember she was upset. She rejected sort of. They treated yeah. her badly, and she rejected them. So I feel like for her suddenly now saying she is a Jedi from her perspective, I wonder why she's doing that. Well, her motivation. Andrew, did you see the last season they did of Clone Wars yes. where they brought it back? Yes. When they dealt when they dealt with hers and she's given her lightsabers back, I felt like that was a bit of a not necessarily a turning point, but it softened her view of not being a Jedi. Was that and, was that Anakin giving her lightsabers back, or was that somebody else who gave it back to it her? It was Anakin. It was Anakin, okay. Yeah, yep. I think I remember that scene. And then the clone troopers still treated her as, well, yeah. right. as a general. Yep. And I think some of that was where it kind of softened the character to the idea of being a Jedi. Okay, all right. Well, I, I got to tell you, I, I think that, you know, all four of us uh, really dug uh, Ahsoka's episodes one and two. I am really excited about where this series is going. And I, I, it's been a while since I've felt that way uh, about any, really any streaming show. <laughs> you didn't feel that way about Andor? I did feel that way about Andor, okay. but Andor took me a little bit to get into. Okay. Uh, you know, so, you know, to my point. Andor released its first two episodes, you know, at the same time. And that was because the first episode was not very good. Uh, But Andor got to be great. And I'm really looking forward to Andor season two. Uh, I just I feel like that they really stuck the landing on this. I uh, and, and, you know, having said that, I'm sure, you know, the rest of the the episodes will be terrible because that's just our life. Well, I am looking forward to the rest, and we are off to a, a start here on Star yeah. Wars with Aaron and Polly. And so, we want to hear from you what you what you know what you think of the podcast, what you thought of Ahsoka, 
Aaron, give them our email address. Don't boss me. (laughs) (laughs) Give us a shout at starwars at iomgeek.com. And if we use your comment on the show, you could win a coveted, valuable Ideology of Madness surprise. You can also hit us up on social media, iomgeek on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and threads, even though we hardly use it. It's not uh, Twitter, Paul. It's It's X. X. No one calls it X. I don't call it X. I still call it Twitter. I mean, you can call a you can call a pumpkin pie a ham sandwich. It's still pumpkin pie. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's X. It's Twitter. <laughs> Stop it. I X'd at that guy. <laughs> I X'd him. Oh my god. Well, guys, we'll do this all over again next week. Catch you then. Bye.